welcome to The Hive Podcast, a show that helps inspire you to pursue your passions and ambitions. My name is Jared Spink and I'm your host. I'm a photographer, videographer, and entrepreneur. Join me as I sit down with other entrepreneurs and creators to learn more about their process, how they've built communities around their brands, and the experiences they've had along the way. I hope that these conversations inspire you to pursue your goals. You're listening to The Hive Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to The Hive Podcast. Thanks for listening each and every week. If you haven't joined The Hive, make sure you subscribe in your favorite podcast player. And if you're listening in the Apple Podcast app, make sure you leave a five-star rating and review. It does help the, the show get out there to more listeners. And like I mentioned last week, if you download the Anchor app, you can actually send voice messages to me and we can incorporate them into the show. So I would love to hear from you guys. Any questions you have on creative journeys or entrepreneurship, send them over and we will incorporate them into the show. This week's guest I'm super excited to have on. He is a YouTuber. Uh, let's see. Let me pull up how he exactly describes himself. Uh-oh, where'd my Instagram account go? There we go. A tech reviewer and camera nerd, according to his Instagram account. We have Tommy Cal- Callaway. Tommy Callaway joining us this week. What's up, Tommy? Hey, how's it going, Jared? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I'm super stoked to have you on. Um, you know, I came across your your accounts and um, who you are um, on Twitter, actually. Not even through uh, YouTube or, or Instagram. It was through Twitter, just kind of um, you know, following the same people and kind of within the same community and niche. And from there, it kind of led me down the rabbit hole of uh, who Tommy Calloway is on social media. So thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I've been, I started using uh, Twitter a little bit more uh, the past few months. And I've uh, just basically been uh, touting the message by lights. It's almost become kind of a meme with my, uh, my social presence. Uh, it seems like a lot of people agree. So that's, that's kind of what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, with all the new um, cameras being released, there's just been some amazing cameras uh, this summer. And Tommy just says, forget them. Just buy lights. Save some money. Yeah, I mean, you know, lights are cheaper. They last longer. You can use them with any camera. And then there's going to be a new camera next year that you're going to be, you know, wanting to try and save up and buy anyways again. So, I mean... I have lights that I've used for years. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna definitely dig into that. I mean, lighting is so interesting when it comes to photography and videography. But um, to start off, Tommy, um, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, maybe um, how, you know, what your background is in um, photography and filmmaking and kind of how you got started on your, uh, your creative journey. Sure. So um, I started my YouTube channel about four-ish years ago. I was like 2016 or 2017 around there. And really, um, I saw my, my wife was watching some YouTube video of some woman folding her laundry. Like it was a time lapse of some vlogger, I guess. And this, it was just a a terrible video, but like it had 50,000 views and she had like, you know, a hundred thousand subscribers or something. And it was awful. I I could do better than that. And so I just, you know, kind of made a YouTube channel and did some reviews and things. Um, I was interested in a lot of different things and I didn't know that it was important to, you know, kind of niche down into a single topic when I started my YouTube channel. And that was kind of 
I think, I mean, I attribute that to why I haven't grown as much as I feel like I should have, but also because uh, I didn't really know how to make videos that were, you know, sounded good or looked good up until uh, I started learning more and more about filmmaking. Um, and so then I've, I've kind of moved all of my content towards that niche and then, uh, you know, further into lighting, just trying to, if you want to focus on one thing on your channel, then more people, you know, when they, when they subscribe to you, then they're going to see the content that you create is, you know, about one topic. If you have five different topics that you publish content for, then your subscribers are not going to be engaged and it's going to create a divided community. And so I've, I've kind of learned all that over the past few years. Um, my full-time job is, has actually nothing to do with filmmaking at all. I'm a software developer, web developer, systems architect program i write code you know it's it's for the web <laughs> so that that's cool um so you started off when your channel first started tommy what was it initially about was it always kind of going to be about where you see it is today about camera stuff and and lighting well i didn't have a whole lot of direction when i started my channel off i just thought i was going to do reviews um you know try and do like affiliate marketing or something is like, ah, just people watch the reviews and if they want to buy a thing, they'll buy a thing and I'll get a commission. I, I knew a lot about affiliate marketing from my past, you know, doing web development. Um, and then I also just kind of threw everything that I was interested in, interested in at the channel as it came up. Like the, I think my fourth video was, uh, like how to hack Pokemon go. Uh, yes. So I hacked, I, hacked the GPS on my phone so you could cheat at Pokemon Go uh, because I didn't want to like drive around and waste gas and walk around. And uh, that, unfortunately for me, that was my first video that did really well. I've scrubbed most of that content off of my channel uh, since just because it's it's so off base that I, I don't even want to be associated with it anymore. That's really, that's, that's pretty hilarious. Um, Pokemon Go and learning how to hack it. Um, I could have used that video back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Too bad I didn't know about it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. That's how I got my first thousand subscribers. The That's problem, awesome. Well, no, the problem was that anytime I made a video that wasn't about how to hack your phone some other way, then nobody would watch the videos. You know, they if they uh, clicked true. on it, it'd get like three seconds of watch time, and then uh, you know the algorithm would just destroy it. Yep, that's true. I mean, when you're when you're starting a channel, I mean, it's okay. I think to to start off with whatever you want to make to get your feet wet. But yeah, um, when you consistently do that, um, you're not going to get a stable base of subscribers, which Tommy has at just over 37,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. So uh, you're on your way to that that 100K mark and that 100K plaque, man. Well, thank you. Awesome. I mean, I, I wouldn't have uh, been growing as much as I feel like. I feel like my growth has kind of improved over the past year or so, at least on social media. Because I decided to like niche down. Yeah. Niching down is, is really important. And that kind of takes me into like your niche, which is the, the camera and gear relate camera, whatever is related to camera gear, um, kind of niche. Um, I have to ask because we've had such an awesome summer and we've kind of, uh, alluded to it with all these amazing cameras coming out. We have some great stuff from Canon and Nikon. Uh, I got to ask. What are your thoughts? What do you think about those cameras? Did you pre-order any of them? No, not at all. Here's here's the thing, um, and this is this is kind of a theory or some advice 
that I've started putting together uh, as far as, you know, what you should invest in, what gear you should buy, you know, for how much money should you be spending on what kind of gear. All right. So I have, I, I shoot with constantly three cameras. I have a GH5, which I had since I pre-ordered it before I bought any lights. <laughs> uh, I have a Z6 Nikon and a Fuji X-T3. It's a mean combo. You know, they're all great cameras. They shoot 4K. Uh, some of them shoot log and they're, they're great. I shoot everything at 8-bit. I don't even shoot raw or 10-bit or anything. It doesn't matter to me. I, I don't need it. Um, but once you spend a certain amount of money on a camera, you should consider spending the same amount of money on lighting and probably about half as much at least on audio equipment. Because, I mean, once, once you have a good camera, I mean, there's getting a new camera is going to be a small incremental improvement in your image quality. Unless it's some like night and day huge difference, like you need a different type of technology, you need to record straight to you know a solid state drive or something like that, you know. So after you have a good camera that creates a decent image, the biggest improvement in your quality that you could possibly get is by getting better lighting, or you know maybe in some cases a much faster lens if you need to shoot really fast. Yeah, it's interesting, I, and I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I actually 100% agree with that, but I'm curious where you, um, where we're back to cameras. Okay. No, 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 not back to cameras. I'm kind of curious where you kind (laughs) of, where you came up with that, um, that formula though, um, where you should spend at least half that amount on, you know, lighting and then uh, like maybe a quarter amount of that on, um, on audio. Well, that's your formula. My formula was, is whatever you spend in your camera gear, you should spend that on lighting and then half as much on audio. There we go. I, I came up with that formula because the uh, you know the camera gear that I usually shoot with, let's say if it's just if it's just my A roll camera, right? So we've got the GH5, which right now you can buy new for like what a thousand dollars. It's super cheap, amazing camera, uh, unless you need autofocus, obviously. Uh, then we got the Sigma eighteen to thirty five, which you can get for like five hundred bucks, and then the little Viltrox adapter, which is like one hundred and fifty bucks. You can get that kit probably all brand new for $1,700 after tax and shipping. Um, You're going to get, you know, a really solid lighting kit for also $1,700. You could light yourself for cheaper, but you could also, you know, get a much cheaper camera. You can get a really good camera for 300 bucks, but I don't know. It's just, it just seems like the right formula because, you know, if you're spending $1,700 on camera equipment, then you can get like a couple of aperture lights, um, you could throw in some RGB stuff in there. You can make interesting backgrounds. You've also got to consider, you know, where does the budget for your C stands and your, you know, like a paper backdrop or anything else? Does that go into the lighting budget or is that your camera budget? You know, it's, I try and group things into families of this, this thing is a lighting thing. This is a camera thing and this is an audio thing. And then everything else is like, well, now you're building a studio. So it's just, if, if you have those three groups, you know, camera, lighting, and audio, I feel like whatever you're spending on your camera, you should also spend on lighting because then you'll have enough lighting to make a scene with enough depth to make it interesting. It doesn't look like it was lit by like a single overhead fluorescent bulb or something. Um, and then audio is super important. I mean, you have a damn podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> audio, audio is really important. Um, I, I would... I would almost argue oh, almost more important than the visual because a lot of people, uh, even if they're not paying attention, they're still listening to it. So 
uh, audio is important. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, when I used to have to drive to my job or whatever, I'd throw on a YouTube video onto the speakers and listen to it. You know, even if it was just a podcast like this or if it was something else, um, I'd always want to be consuming information. And if it sounded like crap, I wouldn't listen to it. I, I do that all the time still, you know, put the put the YouTube video up on on the phone, stick it on the dash and just let it play and listen to it. And there, there's some really interesting audio equipment out there now, like uh, like the Mix Pre 3. It's an insanely valuable piece of gear to my workflow personally. I have also I also have the Noise Assist uh, plugin, which is it's a software plugin. So you already have the hardware. It's just you got to pay three hundred dollars, which is like half the price of the unit for the software. But the it's a it's a noise reduction you know signal processing algorithm. So, you know, you put a couple decibels of noise reduction on there. You can't even hear air conditioners, hard drives. It's incredible. It's, it's not like what you would see, you know, doing noise reduction with Adobe Audition. And there's, there's, so, there's so much you have to learn as a creator that it's just, you know, you pick up all the little different pieces and every single one of those pieces ends up costing money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lot, and lots of money, uh, as my wife likes to remind me constantly. Mine too. Um, but it, it is a rabbit hole. And I think a lot of people get distracted by, you know, I don't even know, like the cameras because it, it is, they get all the attention, right? The cameras are, are the fancy glittery piece of gear. Um, so we have, you know, the new Sony, the new, the new Canons coming out. But for people that are just starting out, why, why should they consider investing in lights? Why are lights so important over just, you know, a good camera and lens, which I mean are important, but how can lights really up the quality of what they're trying to do? Well, there, there's a really easy way to put it is what, you know, what's the job of a camera sensor It's to record light, right? Like that is the primary function of a camera is to record light. So, you know, why don't you give it what it does? You know, why, why are you trying to dance around the subject? when you buy a light, then you give a camera what it requires to create a beautiful image. You know, you can take a, a great, you know, you see all the advertisements for phone cameras. They're like, Oh, this camera is amazing. Look at it. It's always like in broad daylight with a, you know, with a fill light, you know, it's, it's, it's because of the lighting. So you can improve image quality so much just by using lighting instead of, you know, I mean, yeah, buying a new camera will probably, be easier to use or it'll have faster autofocus or faster aperture, more megapixels or less megapixels. If you're trying to do video and you want to do low light stuff because the photo sites are bigger, but that only means they can record more light. So it's just, you know, when you buy light, if you buy the right light, then you can use that with any camera you upgrade to. It's not like you have to replace it when you buy a new camera, you know, maybe the, you know, your main light that, you buy when you're first starting out, maybe that's downgraded to a light for your background. You know, it's, it will, you can use them forever. And then if you're done with them, you can give them to someone else and they can create with them. Cameras, I don't know, they, they kind of expire. <laughs> yeah, they do. And good lights will last a long time. And you can just, you can save a lot of money. You don't need to upgrade your camera, just improve what your camera's capturing by giving it what the camera wants a little bit more light. Yep. Tommy, how did this passion for lights um, and, you know, because lights need power also for batteries kind of start? I mean, there's a lot of videos um, 
on your channel that have to do with lights and then have to do with V-mount batteries. So where, where did that passion start to, to come into play? You know, that, that niche within a, a niche. Yeah. So I, so I've, I've always, you know, been interested in, uh, improving my image quality. You know, I, I would see the, uh, you know, the Casey Neistat videos and the Peter McKinnon videos, you know, a couple of few years ago and how they always look so nice and, the, the pixels were always so crispy. You know, I, I didn't know how to describe it. I just, I wanted them to look better. Um, and so I wanted to review technology and teach filmmaking stuff. You know, that's when you watch a YouTube video and you try and you learn something and then you try and make the same video, but worse. <laughs> um, and so anyways, I, I got some, some things that I was reviewing and one of my neighbors, he was a, uh, he was a producer for, you know, commercials and stuff. And I said, Hey, can you, can you look at one of my videos and like, give me some advice? Cause I want to make the, you know, the image look better. And he watched the video for about 30 seconds, turned it off. And he said, you need to buy some lights. And so, you know, I said, okay. And so I bought, you know, the cheapest light that I could find that was equivalent to the same thing that everyone else was already recommending on YouTube, because I didn't want to spend $600 on apertures, you know, brand new 120D at the time. And then uh, there was this thing called the Godox SL60W, which had just come out. It was brand new. There was no reviews on it. And I bought it from China. It was like 120 bucks at the time. Uh, and so I reviewed that, and that did pretty well. And then I saved up some more money, and then I bought a used Aperture 120T. And then I figured the lights were like pretty similar, and I did a comparison, and that one did really well. And that's when a lot more companies started emailing me, you know, saying, hey, uh, you know, I see that you're reviewing lights, review my light. And so I said, okay, cool, send it. And I also learned um, a few things about reviewing lights. One, reviewing lights does not pull crazy views. One, because, you know, not enough people know that you can just buy lights to, you know, make your images look so much better. Um I think, I think that's it. People just don't know about it, so they don't care. So when you publish videos about lighting, people are just, you know, they're all, well, I'd, I'd rather just spend my time watching a video about the Sony a7S III or something like that. And so because videos about lighting don't pull crazy views all the time, people don't reach out to these companies to try and review their products. And so consequently, it's very easy to reach out to a lighting company and work with them on a collaboration on reviewing some of their products. So, I mean, anyone that wants to review lights, I just tell them to, you know, email the company because they'll probably just send you the light to review it. <laughs> it's really easy. That's awesome. It's, it's so true. And I, by the way, um, I think I, I remember watching your Godox, uh, SL 60 W video. Um, and I bought one after watching that because I was also, <laughs> you know, getting more and more into filmmaking at the time and I knew I needed a good light and I couldn't, I, I couldn't justify spending the money on a 120D at the time. And, uh, yeah, I love that light and it's not as loud as some people make it out to be. Um, yeah. I think it's a great light. People love People love to save money too. I replaced the fan on that light in uh, one of my later videos because the fan noise was like really bothering me. That video did really well too. People like to save money. Yeah. Um, there's that. I would love to see if you get your hands on it, I would love to see your review on their new, what, what is it? Um, they just released a new version. 
headed up to the Godox. Uh, yeah, the SL. Like I think it's the two hundred VL VL three hundred two hundred and one fifty, and they look almost identical to a one twenty D. Yeah, so they have the VL, the SL, the UL, which is a fanless version, and then about three others. They've got so many different versions of these lights that came out in the past six months or so. And they are so affordable. Yeah, it's um, they essentially are doing what Aperture did to expensive lights. You know, they made an affordable, uh, in quotations, mark, you know, light of that. But then Godox is basically doing that to Aperture's lights because Aperture's lights are affordable professional filmmaking lights, but YouTubers don't want to pay that much for them especially when they're starting out so now godox is that brand that's yeah, it's uh i'm a fan so hey if you're looking for good lights we just did basically a free infomer- infomercial <laughs> for godox there we go um so i want to talk a little bit about your youtube channel which is you know where everybody's going to get the content and learn about um lighting from you so uh you've been doing it uh for well at least the the oldest video you have has been up there for four years yeah my first video is still up there yeah Okay. How have things changed over the last four years for you? I mean, we, we kind of alluded to it at the beginning, you know, kind of bouncing around with the videos, but, um, when did you really start noticing a change in your channel and start seeing the growth, um, to get you where you're at now? Um, it's, it was pretty gradual. There was no huge bump. Um, I mean, beyond the, uh, the hacking videos that I thought, you know, I thought I had made, so when I first published that video, I thought I was like, oh, this is it. I'm going to be a YouTuber now, you know? It's amazing. People just want hacking videos, but then I didn't, you know, want to do anything with them. Uh, and also, Pokemon Go only lasted for like three weeks, so. <laughs> I think everyone remembers that. Um, and then and then at one point, I thought I was going to be a science channel uh, because I mean, I still have a couple of the, I still have a lot of those videos up there because I am passionate about, you know, science and education and learning how to do stuff. Um I had gotten to the point where I built a flamethrowing remote controlled ice chest. And then I, uh, I collaborated with uh, William Osmond and I raced his remote control ice, uh, uh, shopping cart. And, um, that video cost me like over a thousand dollars in electronics. And I had to build a freaking robot and it took me four months to do it. I had to learn how to weld and that type of content while extremely fun to do uh you know personally rewarding you get an an interesting robot out of it it's not a sustainable type of content for me as a human with a child and a wife and a house and a full-time career it took me four months to do that and it's you know it's it pretty painful um because only like five thousand people watched it <laughs> uh so i mean as a sustainable content channel uh reviewing filmmaking gear is just so much more possible for me as a person and so then i kind of niched down after that video i decided all right i can't do this anymore so i'm just going to do filmmaking stuff and so then um as i made more videos about filmmaking stuff more people that are interested in that started to follow me and that's you know that goes back to the whole focus on a single niche because you'll find your following that way yeah that's that's uh, that is true i mean and you've taken it to the next level, I think, definitely. Uh, oh, Tommy is the lighting guy. <laughs> he's he's not just the camera camera and uh, 
accessories guy. He's the, it's all lighting and it's fantastic. But you do talk about cameras, Nikon Z6, my go-to camera. I love your Nikon Z6 videos as well. Thank you. Those have been great. Um, how long have you been shooting on that? Um, let's see. I think about maybe a year. I, I, I don't know. It's been, time just kind of disappears now. <laughs> It, it definitely does, especially within the last six months. Yeah, it's uh, it's still my favorite camera for taking photos for uh, like quick share because of the uh, SnapBridge app. Uh, you turn the camera on, you turn your phone on, you don't even have to pair them. They just automatically pair because it's over Bluetooth. You take a picture with a Z6 and you get a two megapixel image on your phone right away. I, I love that. I love the fact that, you know, as um, solo creators, a lot of times you're trying to take thumbnails for your videos, if you're doing YouTube and you don't have really anybody to, you know, take the picture, you set up the Nikon on a tripod, pull up the camera app and you can see everything. You can adjust your ISO, your aperture, your focus point. It's great. I absolutely love that feature. It's a great camera. Surprising, surprising that less people aren't excited about it. Um, it has pretty much every feature that most content creators want beyond a flip out screen and you can just plug it into a monitor. I think it's a great camera and it's, it's really, uh, I think doesn't get enough attention, especially for its video quality. The autofocus is fantastic. Yeah. It was one of the first full frame cameras that you could record raw, you know, with an external monitor. I mean, it's a great, great camera. Oh, hang on. You have to like mail your camera back to Nikon for them to like install that update. It only took a week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing that. I didn't do that. No, thanks. I already did that, but I love it. <laughs> I can, I can vouch for that. I like that part. Um, your most popular video, uh, do base traps make a difference? Why do you think that, that video. video took off so much? I hate it. <laughs> I, you hate it. Why do you hate it? That's, it's, it's great. Just, it's, it's actually not, funny it's, because your favorite video isn't necessarily your viewer's favorite video. It never, ever, ever is probably. Why do you hate that video so much? Because it's just, it's not good. You know, it was filmed poorly you know the audio is crap um i look like an idiot and it's just the lighting is bad obviously um and I, i'm playing a song to try and test you know if, if bass traps make a difference in the space and the song that i'm playing doesn't even have very much bass in it right and it's just it's a completely empirical test it's just listening you know to a, you know, a song recorded through a Rode video stereo mic on a camera in the middle of the room. And it's the dumbest thing ever. And it got so many views. I hate it. It's the worst. Yeah. I mean, we can also say it's probably your most popular video and ha because it has the most views because it's also been up there for what, like four years? It's yeah. been up there a long time. Yeah. It's got, it's also got a really good thumbnail. I, I think that the thumbnail is probably the best thing about that video. <laughs> there we go. There, there's the science that everybody tells you thumbnails matter. Click through. Tommy's got it down on, on his least favorite video. It asks a question that if you didn't know the answer to and you were looking at bass traps, you would probably Google it and it's got a really great thumbnail. That's why it has so many views. It's not a good video. <laughs> Tommy's telling you right now, don't go watch it, guys. Don't do it. Uh, what's been your favorite video uh, so far uh, to make, though, Tommy? So far, my favorite videos that I've made are the showdowns. I've made two of them and I have about four or five more planned it's where i take like five or four or five different brands of nearly identical products and i like 
just go through this huge list of things that which one does this thing better, which one does this thing better. And then I dole out and take away points as I see fit. And I don't add them up before the video is filmed. I go through at the end and I add them up. So it's just, it's completely unbiased and it's great. Everyone loves it. Um, I, I know that certain things are important to certain people that won't be important to other people. So that's why each different category gets its own point. And the most interesting thing about those videos is the, is I can, cause I can track the affiliate sales of what goes through and who buys what afterwards. It's, it's usually pretty even as far as what people decide to buy after those videos, because if they watch it, then they find out what's important to them and then they can make an informed decision. But also the people that just want to go to the end and see which one's the best value, then, you know, they, they, they still have that option too. Yeah, those, that sounds great. I would love to see, see more of those. I mean, it's definitely helpful for, for people that are trying to make a uh, purchase decision. Um, so yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea and keep doing that. Um, thanks. You know, what's been the, I got to ask though, you know, you've been doing YouTube for, for four years. Um, what's, what's been, you know, some of the biggest struggles or hurdles you've, you've come across in trying to get, um, your channel to go where you want it to go. Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I guess some of the big struggles are, you know, when you work really hard on a project that you're really, really proud of and, uh, you know, nobody sees it. And it's, it, that, that can be kind of, uh, you know, defeating or deflating, um, frustrating. The, also, I don't derive, uh, you know, any of my financial livelihood from my YouTube channel. It's just a hobby. And so that, that kind of takes, I guess, some of the frustrations that other people that are trying to pursue YouTube full-time away. So it's not something that I particularly have to worry about. It's more of like a personal challenge of, you know, why aren't people watching my videos? Are my videos good enough? You know, and then I'll, I'll watch other people's videos who I feel like my videos are better than theirs. Um, you know, why, why are these people growing faster than me? It's just, you know, all those, all those questions and self doubt that you have, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not really always up to you. Sometimes it's a, you know, maybe it's because of how I ran my channel in the past. Maybe the algorithm has decided not to love me enough yet. I don't know. It's just, uh, I would love to do creating full time. It'd be, you know, that's kind of like my, my dream career. I, I would love to do that, but I know that I can't do that until I have at least, you know, like five to 10 times more subscribers than I do have. The only way to achieve that goal is to spend five to 10 times more time creating the content that I need to create. And so there's, there's, there's self-doubt, there's, you know, struggles of not having enough time to create, which is my personal challenge. And, uh, there's that, that's the, I guess that's it. I don't know. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And, and how, I mean, I'm curious to how you, you manage those challenges at times. I mean, for our listeners, me and Tommy, it's, we're recording, it's a Tuesday at 1030 at night, right? I mean, <laughs> that most people you know, are definitely in bed by now, but you know, we're working around each other's schedules because this is what we have to do to create. So, um, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you got a full-time job, you got a wife, you got a kid, you got a house. How, how do you balance it all? Actually, I, uh, I have 10 hours of work between 
uh, well, 10 to 12 hours of work between three different companies Monday through Friday. Um, obviously, my kid's doing school from home right now, which is a challenge. My wife runs her business. Uh, she has a vinyl shop, not vinyl records and not vinyl clothing. It's the uh, like vinyl you would use for decals, um, like a cricket or a silhouette, a thing that you would create stuff with. So she she sells that type of media, and so she's gone doing that all day. And then we got the two dogs. How do you manage? I don't know. Just about how everyone else manages. You know, it's not like I have this unique situation where I'm special and I need you know extra people to come take care of my life for me. It's I think I think everyone thinks that their challenges are unique to them, but I think having an understanding that you know sometimes you just you just have to deal, and so. The time that I have to deal with uh, being a creator is after work and after everyone's in bed. And, you know, if I have any energy left at the end of the day, you know, that's that's when I can create. And so it's it's the motivation that one day, you know, maybe I will, you know, maybe this will grow into something beautiful. I feel I feel like it already has the community that's, uh, you know, supporting you know my channel and, you know, following me. It's it's uh it's awesome. Just the comments, you know, when you when you change one when you inspire one person, uh, you know, you get a good comment in the day, "Hey, this this inspired me." And then they link you to something that they created because of something that you did. Yeah, that that feeling is worth more than all the, you know, the 10 hours of work you did that day. It's a it's just I guess it's just to feel something. Yeah, it's definitely rewarding. But I, I you know, I also think you're totally you're you're right when it we're all dealing with a lot of the same stuff, right? The lack of time, you know, our everybody's situation's different, been different over the last six months. But hearing that you're not alone, we're all dealing with it, and this is how, you know, this is how Tommy's dealing with it, is uh, carving out that time that uh, for what's important to him and, um, you know, recording a podcast with me at 1030 at night. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah, of course. You know, people will find time to do what is important to them. Yep. Some people find exercise important. I think everybody can find 15 minutes to do some push-ups every day, but most people don't. You know, and the people that do, they look like they do 50, at least 15 push-ups a day, and they probably do it every single day, and 15 minutes probably isn't enough to them because that's important to them. Your health is important to them. It should be important to everybody. You know, it's... How, how much time do you waste on the internet every day? How much time could you, you know, allocate to creating something for your future? Your health is your future. You know, you're, if you're cre- trying to be a creator, your content is your future. So I, that kind of brings me to my next uh, comment for you, or not comment, but question for you, Tommy, is, you know, you've made creating a, a priority. You've set aside the time for it. So what's been some of the unexpected benefits from starting your channel and and setting aside that time to create. Well, I've been asked to appear on several podcasts lately. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. Well, cool. That's a benefit. Thank you. Uh, well, hey, benefits mine. You know, it's uh, it's it's interesting. I I never thought that you know. I guess I would be the guy that people want to hear talk. You know, on other people's podcasts. I think that's really neat. Um. So I guess just the the community and people showing interest in my content enough to want to listen to me for an hour on someone else's platform is, you know, that's pretty rewarding. 
Yeah, yeah, you've made also. I mean, at least from the outside, I, it looks like you've you've got to um, collaborate with some amazing creators too um, on your YouTube channel. I I, I recently watched one. I think I uh, you you worked with um, Gerald Undone and uh, Curtis Judd on uh, on a video. Yeah, that's that's probably the the greatest benefit to being a creator that you could possibly imagine is the people that you meet and the people that you get to interact with and the people that become your friends. Um, they, they help you in ways, you know, just, just their words of encouragement and how everyone is so welcoming and friendly and is open to giving advice and working together. You, you meet some incredible friends, especially in this genre of creating you know, I, I know that there's other genres like, uh, you know, the drama and gaming niches are, they can be a little bit abrasive, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, that's, there that's could be a lot of drama in the, um, the beauty niche. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I think that I've made some of my best friends just by being a creator. And I think that's, uh, that, that's definitely the, the greatest benefit. Yeah, it's it's an uh, an amazing niche, and there's there's a lot of great people out there, and everybody has the same goal. Oh man, I also get a bunch of free crap. That's cool too. Oh yeah, don't forget <laughs> about all the free stuff. I mean, guys, we get free stuff all <laughs> the time. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> that's what everybody thinks. It's by the way, it's not it's not free. You work for it. You work for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, everybody in the creative niche is um, is amazing because everybody just wants to create and. You know, we're just all a bunch of hippies just trying to help everybody be happy and create. Um, so I want to, I, I have to, you know, I got Tommy on the podcast guys, so I got to continue with, the, with talking about lighting, um, for everyone that's unfamiliar, why lighting is important. We've kind of, um, talked about it, but what are some different lighting techniques that people can use to really up, um, their videos? Let's, let's just talk about YouTube videos. Um, you know, let's start off with just a, a key light. What are some simple ways people can up their video quality with just something as simple as one main light? One main light. So like a $10,000, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a budget S, you know, Godox SL60W. So, so there's, there's a few things. Um, I mean, a lot of people are obsessed with soft light. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. Soft light looks pretty. That's you, but you don't need it. You know, hard light has its uses too. Like, uh, I guess Danny Trejo, right? Like he's got a very unique face with very unique characteristics and all those, all the texture on his face. You want to see that, right? He wouldn't look good lit with a soft light because that's not his character. But, um, I'm not saying, you know, that you look like Danny Trejo or anything, but I, I guess, I mean, there's, there's different techniques you can use and find what you like and what looks good on you. You know, you can get a soft box for pretty cheap. Uh, if you don't want to, you know, have a giant parabolic soft box, because that's not the only thing that exists, right? So I got this thing from IntelliTech called a fast frame. It's a scrim, but it folds up into like the size of a tiny little, I don't know, like a light stand would, you know, the kind that go into like a little, little bag or something. Uh, but it folds up into this big six foot by three foot, uh, you know, soft piece of diffusion that you can then put in front of you to create soft light. And then there's also, it comes with this egg crate grid, which you can use to prevent the light from spilling onto the walls behind you. 
And that's how you would create a more dynamic scene. So if you're using something like the Godox SL60W, which is like the cheap light, you can use a softbox, you can use a scrim, which is what the fast frame essentially is. Or you could just use hard light. You can get a Fresnel, uh, which will, you know, kind of focus the light a little bit stronger into one place. So if you, you know, compensated as far as, uh, you know, you want to turn the Godox SL60W all the way up to 100%, and then you compensate the exposure with your camera, you could make the background look really dim. Therefore, if you have like a window behind you and you've got like daylight out there, you might be able to actually see what's behind you instead of having it be completely blown out. Um, and then, you know, you can also get flags, which is, it doesn't have, a flag is like a, a black piece of cloth. And you can use that to, it's called a negative fill, where you prevent light from, you know, reflecting or spilling somewhere. And, you know, just kind of shape the image that you want to create instead of putting your camera in front of you, hitting record and dealing with the image that exists. You know, it, it becomes an art. It, it really does. I mean, there's some, uh, on top of Tommy's channel, there's a lot of great channels out there that focus on lighting and you really see the difference, um, how lights can make in the quality of your videos or your photos and just placing them, not just either, not just one key light, but also background lighting, ambient lighting. Uh, there's so many, I mean, Tommy, how many lights do you have right now on you? Uh, I count, I'm guessing, well, I can pick out three for sure right now. Hang, wait, hang on. There's one, put another couple there. All right, go now. <laughs> oh man. Uh, it's hard to see through this. Uh, I'm Let's still going to say see right now oh, I've got four? on me for our call that is, you know, the visuals aren't even being recorded. I think I have at least three on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great. Uh, you've been, all right. How long have you been doing lighting review? What did you say? Hasn't been the whole time your channel's been around, but how no. long? I want to say two years. Two years. So in two years, how many lights do you think you've tested? Lots. I I, Lots. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Couldn't tell me. I have a lot. So I mean, so that the question I'm leading into is: Are all lights created equal? You've tried so many lights you can't even number it. Are all lights created equal? No. <laughs> yeah well i mean obviously no but like i in the if you were to hold you know something you know they're all basically trying to do the same thing let's say you know you're looking at everything that kind of pairs up with a 120d so the sl60w and a bunch of other ones what i think i think what what you're getting you get at what is, you pay for yes, i can i think that i can find the value in most lights and most lights have are you know they're just like it's just like comparing cameras. Once you look at all at all the different little details, there's build quality, there's color quality. How bright can it get? Can it dim in increments? You know, of you know one percent, or is it like does it dim in increments of ten percent only? Uh, does it how dim does it get? Does it go all the way down to like one percent, or does it go to like point one percent? Because you know having the brightest light isn't always the most important thing. You know, I, I measure things usually and I tell you how many lux it will be at one meter, but my key light, I usually only have at 400 lux. Anything beyond that doesn't really get used in my studio environment. Now that's different for people that are trying to film outside in, you know, direct sunlight and they're trying to, you know, fill light against the sun or something like that. 
they need all that intensity. So there's, there's different things that are important to different people. Is it, you know, what's, what's the build quality like? If you pick it up and put it down a whole bunch of times, is there like, is it plasticky? Is it going to crack? Is it going to last for a long time? Is it worth the money? Can it be V-mount powered? Because I, I love V-mount batteries. I've got a bunch of them. It's my, my favorite kind of lights are ones that will use V-mount power. And if they don't, then I'll try and figure out a way to do it. I found uh, an NPF to V-mount adapter that'll let me plug in a V-mount battery into an NPF battery slot. It's not voltage regulated, so you have to read the specs of the light to make sure that you're not going to fry it. Usually it works with monitors. Um, but I mean, VMAP batteries are like a whole bunch of power in a tiny little package. And then there's one brand of batteries, Bebop, that all their little batteries have a little light on them. So, I mean, obviously they're my favorite. <laughs> um, also, you have bicolor lights, you have single color temperature lights, then you have full color RGBW or RGBWW, which there is a difference. RGBW means there's an RGB section, right? There's an, a red, a green, and a blue LED on there, but there's also one white LED. You need to know, is that white gonna be a tungsteny white or is it gonna be a daylight temperature white? Because that means if you need to use the other end of the you know, CCT spectrum, then it's gonna be using the, the red, the green, and the blue to simulate that whiteness, I guess. And uh, the color quality is gonna be really low. So an RGBWW or RGBAW or RGBTW just means that it has a tungsteny colored light and a daylight colored light. So somewhere around 3000 Kelvin and another one somewhere around 5600 Kelvin. There's also another technology of lights that are coming up that are like RGBCLW, which is red, green, blue, cyan or cayenne. I can never pronounce that color. Uh, what were the other letters I said? Lime, lime is one, and then obviously also a white one. So I think the Airy Orbiter is those six plus a tungsten. So it's like seven colors. So there, there's tons of different kinds of lights. There's tons of different things about these lights. Are they, do they have DMX? Can you control them wirelessly? Do they have an app that you can control them with your phone or you do, do you need to buy an attachment? Is there a USB port? Can you upgrade the firmware as they come out? with new effects or new firmware? Is there a reason for this light to have new firmware or does it just turn off and on? How much power does it consume? How bright does it get? You know, does it get hot? Does it have a fan in it? Is it really loud? Can you use it in a sound sensitive environment? I guess there's a lot of stuff you could talk about with lights, similar to how there's a lot of stuff you could talk about with cameras. So <laughs> that Tommy, that is a lot of stuff. So if you had to pick the, the top things that someone should keep an eye out for when they're shopping for a light. Is there it we weatherproof? Go. That's Can important. You spill water on it. <laughs> Can you spray water on it? Um, what are the top, maybe three things someone should consider when they're buying a light then? I mean, there is, there is a ton. You just went through uh, a ton. What's the top three you think if someone is just looking to get into their first set of lights, you know, what should they consider? What are they going to use it for? It's the only way to answer that question. Let's say they're using it for a YouTube video and inside studio, inside of a studio, YouTube video. Uh, well, one, you should consider the color quality. So, uh, CRI, TLCI, SSI, those are the three metrics that measure the quality of the light because you're going to be recording. You're probably talking head videos, right? So you're going to want accurate skin tones. If you want the most accurate and the best looking skin tones, then you should get a tungsten light. 
because tungsten light just so your skin has a lot of magenta oranges and red hues to it right it's it's you know that's the color of skin so when you get a light that casts tungsten you know hues and tones and stuff it just looks better on skin it's just the way it is tungsten looks good um but i i personally i prefer daylight temperature because i like the way it looks i like i don't know it's just a personal preference I don't know. I guess it, it just depends. So one, the first thing is you need color quality. Two, um, is it easy to use? That's important to me. And uh, I guess probably make sure it's super quiet because, you know, audio, right? Yeah. Quiet, you know, not, you don't want it to be, you don't want to hear a loud fan in the background of your video. So yeah, I think those are, are good, uh, a good three things to consider. I, I mean, you also need, I mean, it also depends on your space. Intensity could be like really important for you. You know, if you need to bounce it off the ceiling or something and you need to lighten up your whole room or if you're just going to be putting it right on your face, you know, it's, I guess, I mean, there's, there's a few things, you know, everyone's different, you know, it's, it's just what's important to you. What do you need it for? So to wrap things up, Tommy, I'd be curious, what are some of your favorite lighting techniques to use? I like always having a backlight. Um, something that, you know, like a, a rim light that outlines you from the background. I just like the way it looks. I think it looks really cool. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, no, it, it definitely does. But I also use a hair light, which, um, I didn't think really mattered until I started using one. It, it makes a huge, huge difference. You know, a light, not, not a backlight. I'm talking about a light directly above you pointing downward to light your hair and your shoulders. It just, it adds, um, a level of depth that you don't usually see and it looks interesting and nobody can put their finger on it unless they see that you actually have a hair light. Yeah, it, it is. It's such, it makes such a big difference, but it's such a little thing that like, if you don't realize it, you can't put your finger on it. You're like, why does this look so much better? Oh, well the hair's, you can actually see hair instead of just like you know, a solid color on somebody's head of just hair. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's this other filmmaker, uh, YouTube channel that I was watching. Uh, the crimson engine is his, uh, channel. He, uh, he does, he's, he, he does a bunch of reviews and stuff, but, uh, he showed, he, he has, he always films with like a C200 or he used to, maybe he sold that and got like some C500 or something. He's a, he's a proper professional filmmaker. And, uh, he went over his lighting setup one time and he, uh, talked about the hair light and I was like, that's what I got to do. So that's where I learned that from. That's awesome. Well, those are all great tips. Um, and we, I've learned, a, I thought I knew a little bit of something about lighting, but apparently I know nothing now <laughs> after talking to Tommy, but I've learned a lot. So I hope, I hope you guys did too. Uh, Tommy, if people want to learn more about lighting and more about uh, camera gear, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash Tommy Calloway or on Twitter twitter.com slash uh, I guess TG Calloway. <laughs> we'll link it all down in the show notes, yeah. but Tommy, thanks for setting aside the time this evening and coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me guys. If you want to learn more, make sure you check out Tommy's channel. I have learned a ton about lighting, just watching it. And I know you guys will too. And thanks for listening each and every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe and rate your pod uh, this podcast in your favorite podcast player. And we will talk to you guys next week.